Welcome to the Reunion Belleville podcast, a place where everyday people apprentice to Jesus. We're glad you pulled up a seat and we hope that today's lead-in encourages you to take your next step. All right, crew, it's uh, Monday morning and this is your audio recap from yesterday's conversation where we met in a beautiful historic building in downtown Belleville. That building was built in 1906. And in 1906, a group of Christians met for the first time in that building with excitement and anticipation that God was moving in Belleville and this group of people were so thrilled to be a part of the journey. Now imagine the dreams and the visions this community held close to their hearts as they loved God and loved their neighbors. Dreams of next steps, visions of pathways being created that could help people connect to God. And in 1906, this group wasn't just Christians, they were pioneers. Pioneers, not in the colonial sense where we're here to kick you out and take your stuff, but this other definition of pioneers were people who are people who develop something new and prepare the way for others to follow. And people followed for 114 years. That congregation of people continued loving God and loving their neighbor. What a legacy, what an impact. Pioneers. And today that, and yesterday, and as we continue to meet, that, that legacy has been handed off to our crew. We have no idea how long we'll be in that building. We have no idea how long we'll be able to love our city as a crew. But this is the truth. The church continues to need fresh expressions led by pioneering communities willing to do what hasn't been done to love people who haven't yet connected to God. And so here at Reunion, we are pioneers. We have a culture of adventure and innovation where we openly consider and pursue creative ways and ideas that contribute to our shared sense of mission. You see, when we think about Reunion Belleville, it's simple. How do we become a church that unchurched people love to attend? Yes, we planted Reunion Belleville with the unchurched person in mind, with the neighbor who hasn't been to church or hasn't been in a long time, the co-worker who thinks Christianity is one thing and won't go to church for another. We did not plant Reunion Belleville for the Christian community in Belleville. We planted and we will continue to be concerned and focused on loving the hell out of the children of God who've yet to meet their Abba Father. And did you know that there's a few people in Belleville who don't know Jesus? In fact, there's a number of few people who have no history with Jesus or the church. You see, back in 2014, the government did this uh, census that they do from time to time. And they asked again, they asked uh, the citizens of Belleville, they asked Canadian citizens about their faith. And do you know what uh, Belleville said? Do you know what your neighbor's co-workers, barista, barber, and bartender said when they talked about when they talked about their faith? 94% of Belleville citizens said we either have no connection to the church or Jesus, or if we do, it really doesn't make any impact in our life. 94% of Belvinians said we, we have no faith, or if we got faith, it makes no difference. 94%, that equals 47,600 people said uh, we don't go to church, we have nothing to do with Jesus or any faith, or if we do go to church or are connected to any faith, it really makes no difference in our lives. 
Is there a need for a fresh expression of the church in this city city willing to do what hasn't been done to love people who haven't yet connected to God? As a crew, we say yes. We say, yes, there is a need and we are willing. In fact, we've always been willing. We aren't just Christians. We are apprentices of Jesus who share his pioneering spirit. And today as we, and yesterday and in this season, as we launch into this next stage as a crew in public space and that historic building created by pioneers, I wanted to remind us of some significant aspects of a pioneering culture that I hope that we can continue to share with the very first pioneering church in the book of Acts. And I'm not going to cover some uh, specific verses necessarily. It's just give you some broad strokes about what happened in the book of Acts and how I hope we can learn from it, and better yet, not just learn, but apply these to our lives as apprentices to Jesus. But it really does begin in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but it says this, but you will receive power, Jesus says. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, in the city, in all of Judea, in the outskirts of the city, and in Samaria, a foreign, distant land, and then to the ends of the earth. First, The first thing that we see after Jesus commands and sends his people out, we see that this pioneering spirit that was given led to a culture that didn't just see problems, but they saw potential. Yes, a a spirit-led pioneering culture will see potential where other people see problems. And if you've grown up in church, if you know anything about the relationship between Jews and Gentiles, let alone Jews and Samaritans, you would know that this was full of tension. The religious tradition that the the new church had grown up in as being Jews converted to Christianity or following Jesus now is the fullness of of, of their Jewish faith. They had been brought up to believe that Samaritans were, were terrible people. They were bad people. They were mixed-raced people. Therefore, they were unholy. They weren't allowed to be close to God. They didn't adhere to the rules or the regulations or the faith traditions of their faith or their religion. And so there was this divide between these two people. And so when a Jew looked at a Samaritan, they didn't see potential for God to reach these people. They just saw a list of problems these people brought to you or could bring to you. And I think the same problem or uh, potential dichotomy can play itself out in the city, in this city, and especially uh, in a place like Belleville. You see, some would look at the stats we just discussed and say, well, look, this is a dark and gloomy reality and say that the culture has changed, but the church cannot. We could have a discussion about why maybe culture has shifted away from church and faith, and we can talk about what possibly could have happened to make it better or to redeem the situation. But we're not here to do that. We're not here to talk about what happened and what should have happened. We're here to make a difference and do something today to see that maybe we could make a change and make a significant difference. And so we're not going to double down on what's always been done. We're not going to just put our stake in the ground and say we're unwilling to change, even though culture is. You see, we look at the stats as a crew with concern, and instead of seeing problems, we want to focus on the potential. You see, we have a pioneering spirit that encourages us to creatively engage and love our neighbor as we would ourselves. 
And so in, in Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 10, we don't see the New Testament church sit back and just put a stake in the ground and do what's always been done. No, Philip goes to Samaria and it says the city is filled with joy at the message that they received. Philip went somewhere the church had never gone and began to speak with people his tradition had intentionally rejected for the sake of doing, not for the sake of doing something new, but for the sake of those people in need of a new expression of faith, a new experience of faith that is rooted in Jesus. So we're going to ask ourselves, if we're going to connect with people who no one else was connecting with, we're going to have to do something no one else is doing. And one of those things that we do as a crew that not many other churches do in our area, and this isn't to put our our hand up and say, look at us. This is just the reality of us trying to do something different for people who are disconnected to God. It's that most people, when I hang out with Christians, at least when they're interested about what we're doing or have questions, they'll say, I heard you were a Bible study. Now, there's worse things that we could be called. Isn't there? I mean, like if, if there's this rumor going around about who we are, uh, being a Bible study is not a bad thing. I'm really excited that that's part of it. But it's never said in that tone. It's always, you're not really a church. You're more of a Bible study. And I get it. I mean, we're a group that studies the Bible. But one of the things that seems to be capturing the minds and the curiosities of the people who have joined our crew and are interested is not that we're a group to, that gets together to listen to a lecture. We're not just sitting forward facing a stage, watching a performance or engaged in what someone else might be doing, but we're trying to create an environment of participation. We're intentionally trying to create an environment of participation where we can discuss, question, wrestle, and apply the good news of Jesus. So there is room for questions. There's doubt and curiosity and even skepticism here at our church. I might be your pastor, but I am not the truth. My, and so my role is not to spoon feed you answers, but to lead you closer to Jesus. So we're intentionally creating a different type of church for people who have never been to church. Because I don't know about you, but we've all got questions. We've all got doubt. We've all got wonder. And so we want to create space for us to wrestle through those things. We don't just want to have you sit back and listen to somebody tell you the way it is. We want to wrestle through what it could actually look like for us to apply it together. Imagine. Imagine a community where church and unchurch together could learn and practice side by side because Jesus is the master and I'm not. Imagine the potential of a community where there was room for difference in our unity to Christ. Imagine a crew that said, you might not believe, but we love and accept you. So come and walk with us, learn with us, and trust Jesus will we'll take care of the rest. Imagine the potential because 47,600 people deserve a fresh expression. The second thing we learn from the book of Acts is that a spirit-led pioneering culture will love the unlovable or the so-called unlovable and include the absolutely excluded. The spirit-led pioneering culture will love the so-called unlovable and include the excluded. This is maybe one of my most favorite parts of the New Testament church. And we see three examples, and I'll just give you a couple of those, but we see plenty, sorry, and I'll just give you a couple. The first one is Simon the Wizard in Acts chapter 8. This is a guy who performed witchcraft for power, attention, and money. Simon captured his community and was in obvious opposition to God, and yet when Peter tells him the good news, Simon responds with joy, me? He says, I, I'm in, Jesus has chosen me, Jesus wants me, Jesus has forgiven me. 
Imagine a community that didn't allow what people did to stand in the way of what God says about them. And this is what Peter says. God loves you and has died for you. Regardless of what you're doing right now, regardless of your occult practices, it's beautiful. What this man was doing didn't stand in the way of what God wanted to do with him. The second is in Acts chapter 8 as well. We find Philip sharing the good news with an Ethiopian eunuch, literally a castrated man or emasculated man, a man who was according to the law of Moses wasn't allowed to enter the temple, which meant that he had no access to God. But in this story, we learn that he's searching for God and he's found by this young pioneer. And so Philip shares the story of Jesus with him and he responds in the exact same way. What? Me? In this condition with my sexuality, my gender like this? What do you mean God loves me? What do you mean God forgives me? What do you mean God wants to be in relationship with me? Isn't it beautiful how God continues to choose and pursue people who are on the margins in that society? And over again and over again, we see this in the New Testament church, that that those on the fringes become the target of God's radical acceptance. And sadly, there are these uh, people in our culture today that the church has traditionally um, turned their back on, said, you're unlovable. You should be excluded. Get your life together before you come to God. You got to look like this and you got to do this. You need to act and believe this before you'll ever be a part of us. And that is not the way in which the New Testament church acted or was called to live. And it certainly won't be the way that we operate as a crew either. What you do and what you believe is not a prerequisite to God's love. It's not certainly a prerequisite to your acceptance into our crew or to be a part of our community or to question and to wonder and to pursue Jesus. We are going to love the so-called unlovable and we are going to include the excluded because that is what Jesus calls us to do and it's certainly what the New Testament did. We are not a crew for the people who've got it together. We are a crew for people, everyday people, who want to pursue and learn more about Jesus. Which brings us to this last point. You see, a spirit-led culture of pioneering is one that pursues mission over acceptance. It is our calling. It's our mission. It's our purpose as a church to love the hell out of people in this city in real tangible ways. And that's going to mean doing things that haven't been done for the sake of that 47,600 people. And when we do that thing, it's going to, uh, it's going to ruffle the feathers of the established culture in our, in our city. Not everyone is going to look at Reunion Belleville and say, wow, that's fantastic. Wow, look at what they're doing. And our, our hope here as a crew is to be concerned with our mission, not how other people perceive us. And so when people say, oh, they're, they're doing X and we can't stand behind that, that's okay. We don't like them because of X, Y, and Z, that's okay. Our purpose and our mandate as a church is to pursue Jesus' mission and call in our lives above all else. And that's easier said than done. But I pray that as a crew, as we gather together, as we continue to discern what God wants us to do and how we're going to do it, that at the end of the day, regardless of what anyone else can say, we can, we can know as a crew we're in line with Jesus.
And not everyone will agree with that, but at the end of the day, I pray that we can agree together as a church that we're pursuing Jesus and we're in line with Jesus. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. We're pioneers. We're trying to do something new. We're not here to take your stuff and set up a powerful system or whatever it might be. We're just simply here to create this conduit to be able to allow people who are disconnected to God to have access to God. We're Jesus plus everyday people. And that means we're going to see potential or others see people see problems. We're going to love the unlovable and include the excluded. And we're going to pursue mission over other people's acceptance of us. We're not a church for everybody. We know that not everybody is going to uh, attend our church and that's okay. But we do believe that as a crew, we have a mandate to pursue the unchurched in this city to love them and to introduce them with Jesus who radically loves them. And it means we're going to have to do some stuff that hasn't been done to meet a group that's been disconnected. We're reunion. We are pioneers. Not here to do what's always been done, but to do what it takes to love God and our neighbor and our culture today. What is God saying to you this morning about this conversation? And how might you respond? Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's lead-in. We pray and hope that it was helpful in terms of you getting to know us a little bit more. If you're online and you're listening and you've never had the opportunity to connect with us, we would love for you to do so. We're now meeting at 1030 at 32 um, Victoria Avenue in Belleville. We're meeting there on Sundays at 1030 in the morning in person. It's all social distancing protocols are in place to ensure that we're, we're absolutely safe. But you can also join us on Zoom. If you're not comfortable being in person, that's cool. We get it. We support you and we love you. And so we would encourage you to connect with us online. Join the conversation. We're Jesus plus everyday people. We look forward to meeting you. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's lead-in. We pray that you were able to learn something about Jesus today, but equally important, we pray that you sense a step you might take in response. What would it look like for you to live with Jesus today in light of our discussion? You can learn more about our community at www.reunionbelleville.com and we're always here to walk with you.